Welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, once again bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week we've got a wonderful conversation with the folks from the Oklahoma City Museum of Art and New View Oklahoma who have teamed up to create an exhibit that is accessible for low vision uh, art lovers. But before that, let's get into our question of the week. How do you pamper yourself? First up, we ask Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't know, because I don't, I don't really know what pamper means, but like, you know, I enjoy a nice... Treat yourself. Self-care. Oh. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, exercise, reading books, mm-hmm. um, listening to music, singing very loud when there's no one around to hear my terrible loud singing. Those are all things that make me feel nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, managing Eric Cody Amara. Um, sleeping for like... 13, 14 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, I really like to sleep. And can I you sleep for 14 hours? Sure I can. Um, not very often, but uh, yeah, sometimes on the weekend. It's just, I feel like it's like catching up. Because, you know, I don't get as much sleep during the week. So that's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. She wouldn't sleep at all during the week, and then she'd sleep like all weekend. So and look you at know, her now. I'm just like RBG, basically, is what wow. I'm saying. Wow. Wow. <laughs> For better or worse, I guess. For yeah. better, Megan Rossman. Um, I like to be submerged in water. <laughs> that's that's whether it's a little swimming. waterboarding for Megan. Is uh, a relaxation. No, no, willingly. I like to be submerged oh, okay. willingly in water, whether that's a bathtub or a pool or a lake or an ocean. I just really feel like I am at my best when I am in water. Nice. So I don't know what that says about my. <laughs> past lives and maybe I was a salmon yeah yeah who knows no, I feel like a salmon is probably putting in a little bit more work than what you well, want they have to, to do. Get upstream. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's a lot. You, I feel like you would like be a, a good a manatee. Ooh, a coral. That's great. Oh, they just hang out in water, just vibing. Man, I hope that's my next life. <laughs> well, except that the coral. Well, are kind my of dying, patronus but... is a otter, so okay. Well, that might go. make sense. Then. Okay. <laughs> Research center Ben Lucian. I actually don't wear pampers anymore. I grabbed them <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, but seriously, um, there's something about ice cream that's really indulgent to me mm. because, uh, like, you totally don't need ice cream, but mm. you, but do, you need 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 cream do need ice cream also. Um, so, like, a, a chocolate milkshake in the summertime. Uh, From where? Well, I always... One, anywhere. Two, Brahms. <laughs> because, uh, so, like, any milkshake will do the trick, but I, like, specifically crave a Brahms oh, yeah. chocolate yeah. milkshake. They are really good. Their strawberry yes. ones are really good, especially in the summer when the strawberries mm-hmm. are fresh. And this this year, so I, this isn't something I've had in uh, since I was a child. But I really want a Brahms, uh, like a full Sunday. Like oh. when no one gets yeah. I've never had really. one. Yeah, They're, I know. And it's like, that's Brahms. like the that's ultimate, that's the ultimate yeah. indulgence. Their Black know? Forest Sunday is really good. It's like a, a, uh, a, uh, a meal dessert. 
Yes. Uh-huh. Completely unnecessary. Yes, but, like, what a treat. Oh, mm-hmm. man. No, I, I want Brahms. I've just never known... I, I don't know how I feel about bananas in my ice cream. Like, I'm just kind of, like, I like to keep the fruit and nutrition out <laughs> of, of my uh, desserts. Well, not every <laughs> Sunday has a banana, though. Yeah, just no, sure. okay. It yeah. Ain't, it yeah, ain't they've got a few kinds. If she's getting any of her yeah. daily recommended allowance <laughs> yeah. of vitamins or minerals. If it's aiding, <laughs> if it's aiding your health in any way, you are not being pampered or indulged. What about you, Greg? Uh, well, as you can tell from my rich baritone, I am also a middle-aged lady uh, at heart. Um, and for me, much like uh, Megan, I enjoy mm-hmm. being. So I, I like a I like a bathtub. I like a hot tub. Mm-hmm. Um, a hot tub is nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a pool, a pond. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, a hot tub, and uh, maybe crack open uh, one of my. Uh, new favorite uh, local beers, the Nightlight from 405 Brewing down in uh, Norman. And uh, and if I'm feeling real, real indulgent, I will also get uh, one of my uh, dumb, dumb books on my uh, tablet and just sit there and just let my brain be as lazy as my body. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Do you worry about your tablet near water? Um, I mean... I suppose I don't know. I they they actually I've dropped so many iPads and so many baths. They usually come out just fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I have uh on I have a tablet that has like a little Bluetooth remote thing on it, and so I can I'll set it up and I'll get the words as big as I need them to be for my old eyes, and and uh, just kind of click the button and it changes the pages for me. Look at you! I know, (laughs) using modern technology and everything. Imagine telling someone years ago that we'd have a remote to like turn pages of a book. Man, they would be like, "What happened?" That that is like the breath strips of technology. It really, it truly. I can't possibly chew a mint. I'm too. I'm way too tired and busy to be chewing things. What's What's great is there's probably this like brief sliver of of time where people were like, when I was a kid, the remote for my Kindle <laughs> was the kids. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Because yeah. when I was a kid, absolutely, the remote control was great. Go change the channel. I'm just thinking of all the stories in my family where it was like, for Christmas, you got an orange and a penny. <sighs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we have it too easy Wait, now. Wait, a whole penny or a hay penny? Uh, probably a hay penny <laughs> in my family. Um, or like a drawing of a penny. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we have it. We might have it. Too we we absolutely we hundred percent. I there are so many times, with, especially with my kids, where I like where oh, I, I need so much pampering. I, I look oh. at what they're doing, and I'm just like, I, I feel like I would have got in trouble for being this indolent. You know, oh, I frequently did. Yeah, yeah. My parents still talk about. It. They're like. For some reason, they they were like, we would come home, and Greg, you would just be sitting upside down in a chair, and we would ask why, and you'd be like, I don't know, I'm comfortable. Yeah, why <laughs> not? Like, yeah. Allowance, please. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, all right, hey, let's talk to the folks from Newview, Oklahoma, and the Oklahoma City Museum of Art. And we are very happy to welcome to the podcast uh, from the Oklahoma City Museum of Art, Rosie May, who is the Director of Curatorial Affairs and Audience Engagement, and from New View, Oklahoma, Stephen Johnson, who is the Assistant Technology Instructor. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh, 
this is a, a sort of an interesting combo uh, here, uh, the, the Art Museum and New View, uh, but you guys have teamed up now on, um, on a new exhibit uh, that has opened. It's the Fighters for Freedom, William H. Johnson Picturing Justice, but, but you guys have done something um, beyond the, the norm, I guess, with, with these. Would you guys uh, mind telling us a little bit about uh, this, this collaboration? Sure. Um, so Fighters for Freedom is an exhibition of paintings, um, the work of William H. Johnson, who was an African-American artist who was active in the 1920s through the 1940s. And he has a series of paintings called Fighters for Freedom, which memorializes uh, historical and contemporary to him figures who were um, scientists, teachers, activists, performers, and heads of state, all of whom he felt fought for freedom in some way. So um, his style is very straightforward. His style in these paintings is very straightforward, simple, flat, colorful, big, images, um, planes of color. So we're always looking for opportunities to make the museum more accessible. And this exhibition, which came from the Smithsonian Museum of American Art, we got sponsorship from Art Bridges, which is a philanthropic organization out of Arkansas. And we wanted to try different things, um, different um, ways to make the exhibition more accessible. And one of the ideas we had was to create tactile versions of the works of art um, or a couple of uh, four of the works of art. So they're tactile reproductions of the works of art. So I reached out to New View and what happened is we got involved in a series of conversations in which they talked to us about um, what what would work, what wouldn't work. Um, and we located a company to make the images. And then all throughout the process, we're constantly in conversation with New View about, okay, what other elements do we add to make this exhibition accessible for visitors who are blind or low vision? So we added QR codes throughout the exhibition, which lead to um, audio versions of the text. We have those four touchable artworks or reproductions, and then we have audio descriptions uh, or visual descriptions of each of those works. Um, but they helped us with everything from, you know, they welcomed us into their facilities to show us how they made spaces accessible. So they were really instructive and helpful on what kind of tape to put on the floor um, to help people um, to just just everything, how to space the QR codes, et cetera. Uh, and uh, Stephen, one thing I, I kind of wondered is um, from, from uh, New Views and how did you guys approach this idea of, of taking uh, what is normally uh, simply visual art and and making it into uh into something tactile oh i think the key was adding audio description to the paintings i have never had a painting described to me in my life 
in such detail and clarity as was described on the audio descriptions. It was amazing. Uh, I think the the number one thing that I would comment was the audio descriptions because, I mean, everything from the tape on the floor showing us the optimum place to stand to, uh, you know, where to stand to aim your QR reader, you know, where to aim your camera on your iPhone. That was perfectly placed. Thought that was great. Uh, aimed my phone. The description came alive immediately. It was uh, the, per the presentation was fantastic. And um, having that tape there was great. I, I just went through the whole exhibit with um, one of my coworkers who just basically walked me from one painting to another. And she just kind of gave me her um, her 25 words or less of it when she saw it and helped me. You know, I was uh, wearing some pretty thick sole shoes. So I had to feel kind of carefully for the tape, but I was able to hit it uh, straight on and she um, just after the first or second try at aiming my phone at the uh, QR codes, I was able to uh, start the audio description independently. And I, I thought the whole thing was uh, well thought out and I, I got a lot of it. I thought it was amazing. And um, the showing us where to stand to aim our cameras, I, I thought was very, really thoughtful because we wouldn't have really known, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there was a, a definite concrete boundary, you know, don't get any closer than here to this painting, of course, you know, because of their value. And I'm a, I'm a, a blind bulldozer anyway, I tend to run into <laughs> stuff. So that was a good thing. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I thought um, the tape on the floor was great and the QR codes, because every, you know, most uh, blind and visually impaired people use iPhones. There are some Android users, but the iPhone works really well when you kind of have a, a QR code reader and the camera in the general vicinity of where the code is. So uh, I, I hope I answered your question. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, you know, this is one of those uh, partnerships that, that I really love to hear about because um, we are obviously really big fans uh, of, of the museum of art and new view. We've, we've had you both in the magazine a few times uh, even recently. And uh but but the idea of uh, of finding that accessibility uh, and 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 helping a, a new audience and, and an audience that I think probably often feels left out of the of the art conversation. Um, oh, absolutely. Finding ways to to bring them in that that is uh, both fascinating and and uh, very heartening to me. I don't know. I have to tell you, I have never. I thought the tactile uh, representations of the paintings were a, a genius um, concept. I, I thought I had never knew, I never knew what a painting looked like. I, you know, I've obviously, I, I've always been totally blind. So I've never um, had anybody take the time to number one, describe a movie or, or a, a, a painting or any kind of art whatsoever. I've now, a lot of the art out there that you can touch like in Bush Gardens in St. Louis is really abstract and you can't really, it's not human figures and it's not historical characters like this was. And I, I thought it was so amazing to actually be able to feel a 3D representation of a painting. I've never seen one. I actually got to touch one. I, that was incredible. Rosie, have you, uh, have you had similar uh, feedback from visitors so far? We have. And, you know, it's everything from um, what we're hearing today to people. Uh, my mother actually has glaucoma, and so she's low vision. 
um, and has um, used New View services. And that's, I knew about New View sort of, um, but you know, when she used their services and had such a great experience, I, I learned so much more about everything they offer. And my mom, um, while she still has pretty good vision, has some trouble reading the labels and the fact that we have QR codes so she could listen to the labels read out loud, uh, you know, she was enthusiastic about that. So I think that it's, and then we've seen a lot of kids up there who want to touch the works of art. And yeah. so, you know, and especially people who are more kinesthetic learners, um, they're in front of those touchable versions of the works of art and they've got their hands all over it. And that's how they're, you know, taking in information. And so, we're seeing, we're getting good feedback from a lot of different groups. And that, that was really, that was really our idea is how can we make this exhibition um, accessible to the broadest number of people? So visitors who are blind and low vision, visitors who want to touch things, visitors who, you know, it, everyone. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, that's, that is, um, that, that really is the point of accessibility, isn't it? It's, it's to open up an experience and make sure that absolutely anyone who wants to take part can take part in, in whatever way they want to. And, um, and I think that that is something that, that is lost, I think, on a lot of people. I know as a, uh, someone who has, uh, been fully sighted and, uh, for my whole life and, um, you know, I don't have a lot of accessibility problems, there's things that don't occur to me. I, I never, it never even would have crossed my mind um, putting uh, that, that tape needs to go in a certain place, uh, that, that it's the feeling of it that tells you where to stop, where to, where to aim, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. It, I feel like that will change probably a lot of people's, uh, a lot of people's lives, a lot of people who, who have not felt that connection with art before and it's uh and what a what an amazing and and vital part of the human experience that that has been missing in some ways yeah well yeah and i'm i'm very excited to hear steve's reaction to it because um that's you know exactly what we were after and you know, we learned so many things through, and, and New View was so generous with their time. I can't tell you, you know, they, they welcomed us into their factory. They welcomed us into all their facilities. Um, I would email with a random question and I would get an email right back or a phone call, you know, just so willing to support us in every way. And, and I think we as a museum learned a lot of really simple things that we can do, even if we don't, even if we can't always have touchable works of art, which we're now exploring for our own collection. Oh, but wonderful. for these special traveling shows, we can't always have touchable versions of the works of art, but we can have visual descriptions. Um, that was just a matter of generating QR codes these days and uh, writing the visual descriptions ourselves and putting them on our website. So we learned, we learned so much through this process. And you know, if we had been out there doing it ourselves, I mean, sure, we found the company that made these fantastic reproductions, but 
we wouldn't have known about the tape or thought about the QR codes, et cetera. So it was really important to have new view as, a, as colleagues working on this. Absolutely. Is this, do you guys feel that this is something, um, a, a partnership that you all will return to when, uh, uh, it, it, with, with uh, if grant money is available uh, in the future? I will as Absolutely. a uh, patron, yeah. Oh, definitely. I thought the That's descriptions good. were amazing. I, I learned a little history. I learned a lot about what the painting looked like. Um, not too much detail was given. Like, I understand the the person that was helping me through the displays told me that um, there were a few kind of I, I don't want to say mundane, but there were uh, uh, like like some uh, uh, like a, a sky with clouds or a moon hanging over one of the uh, one of the characters one one of the figures in the painting. Some of that stuff was left out, but I thought the descriptions hit on the most important points, and that was uh, about the man who painted it. Uh, what the characters in the painting looked like, the positions, you know, the, the fact that a lot of the colors were larger than life, that the um, the artist, uh, um, William H. Johnson was um, into extremely like overly vibrant colors and like, you know, grass is not this green and the sky is not this blue. Um, the fact that that was um, included in the descriptions and the, and the fact that some historical data was included about every painting and what, the, the painter might have, you know, what he might have been thinking when he painted it. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, and so you can see from Steve's description how how powerful just adding those QR codes with the visual descriptions are because that enables somebody else to commune with the art in a completely different way. Well, and even if you think about, we talk these days so much about how differently people learn. I, I talk to my kids about it all the time and about people who are visual learners, people who are tactile learners and and how sometimes by by combining these things, so someone telling you about it and you reading it and you touching it, seeing it, experiencing it in some way, um, this really seems like a, a way to, uh, obviously it's great within the accessibility, but it's also a wonderful way to really uh, deepen everyone's connection with uh, with this art. I was invited to uh, check out the accessible um, um, display, the accessible paintings and the tactile. Well, they, they were all accessible, but um, I may not have, as a, a person just, you know, knowing that I may not get so much out of it. I had never been to a museum of art in my life just because there's nothing to touch, nothing to see here, literally for me. You know, and uh, yeah, it's just you stand around while your sighted friends look at paintings and look at at uh, beautiful art. But for the first time in my life, I got to participate totally in the experience with everybody else. And by the time I was done feeling the tactile representations, those buildings, I knew a church when I felt it. I knew a school when I felt it. I knew some of the guys before being told I knew who they were by the middle of the about uh, the second or third tactile display i kind of you know like um, fdr i think fdr is in a couple of them i knew yep, him yep. you know when when i touched his uh face you know in the tactile representation of him i knew who it was <laughs> and i knew uh like a lot of the a couple of the tactiles have buildings above like to the right and left of the figures and i was able to mm -hmm. identify just about and the, the horses that one of them has a farm scene at the bottom 
and there's there's horses and farm yeah. animals and stuff and i was able to quickly identify and I've, I've always been totally blind and i never have been able to even if you hand me a stuffed dog and a stuffed bear i couldn't tell you the difference you know but in those tactile representations were so good that i could tell uh without cue pretty much that i had to have a little prompting but i knew most of them and that that's what was one of the things i found amazing about the tactile um representations is that I knew everything I was touching. I recognized it. And I didn't know that paintings were so lifelike. I mean, the, the human faces were, you know, felt like human faces that I've felt it before. I, I knew them. They, I, did, I thought paintings were generally more abstract. I didn't know they were, they were so lifelike. And these, the, the figures, you know, the, the people in the paintings were, if they were accurate representations of those paintings, then that was definitely some beautiful work. <laughs> they were they were they look like exact copies it's absolutely crazy I, I i mean this company that we worked with it's called 3d photo works they just do beautiful beautiful work and they knocked it out um, the park what yeah can i ask about the the manufacturing process of that like how is that done what is the what is it made of and what is it what is it comprised of it is um goodness um let me try to recall they they described it to us a little bit it's both machine made and handmade it's hand painted um it is wood um it's carved into rather than built up but there's also another material it's not it's not hardwood um as i understand it but yes yes um and then there's on the surface they put something so it actually feels a little kind of rough and i don't know if that not totally sandpapery but there's a little bit of a a kind of um rough quality to it and i don't know if that's something because they've been doing this for several years many years now and i don't know if that's something to kind of slow down your hand um i don't know steve what was your experience with touching because that's not the surface of the paintings the paintings themselves are are smoother on the surface but i don't know if you recall that kind of sandpaper feel the uh buildings kind of had um like the exterior buildings built in the in the 40s or earlier just kind of uh kind of a stucco feel to them i'm sure that a lot of buildings back then were you know, either brick or, or even stucco or wood. And they definitely, a lot of the buildings had a granular kind of a wood grain feel to them. I, I thought that the, the the texture of the buildings was kind of what they were going for. They wanted them to have the feel of wood and they did have a very granular wooden feel to them. They, they got the granularity of, you know, the way a wooden wall feels when you feel of it, you can feel the wood grain and that's the way those buildings were in the paintings. And they they did a wonderful job reproducing the feel of wood, of wood grain, you know, wood grain type texture. That's great to hear. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, right now at the Oklahoma City Museum of Art, you can uh, see both Writers for Freedom, the William H. Johnson Picturing Justice uh, exhibit, as well as uh, the uh, art and activism at uh, Tougaloo College. Uh, and both of those are running through May 
14th at the museum. Uh, you can learn more about that at okcmoa.com. Uh, and you can also learn more about uh, all the really great work that's happening in New View, Oklahoma, and that's nvoklahoma.org. Um, Rosie and uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. I, I am, you, I, you know, I am, I, I always love going to the OKC MOA, but I, I find myself even more excited to, to grab my kids and head down there and, and, and experience this too. Uh, and, and I certainly hope that we'll hear from you guys again uh, as this kind of collaboration continues. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a cool deal. It, it really should go see that, that it, exhibit. Everybody should go feel that exhibit. Go feel that exhibit. But yes, feel this art. In the colloquial sense, not the physical Yes. One. Yeah. Uh, that sounds so cool. I really hope that they are going to do uh, some more of those uh, with future exhibits. That sounded, I, and and just the the perspective we got uh, from Stephen at New View was so great. Like I, it, there's so much stuff that that I just had never considered, and hearing from him about being able to connect with the art for the first time, absolutely, so yeah. cool. Uh, all right, it is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod vents, and first up this week is Megan. Like many women in Oklahoma, I am on the hunt for a tall, hairy guy. He's quiet, but strong. He pretty much lives in the woods, but not in a van or an old Subaru. He doesn't have a car or even a bicycle. He just walks everywhere. Like some of your coolest or maybe poorest friends, he spends hazy afternoons foraging for food in local parks. Some days, he might just eat berries and morels, or he might tear a rabbit in two and devour it raw. He's folksy and unpredictable like that. He doesn't care about social media or society in general, but people are always trying to take his picture and post about his daily life on the internet. And on March 11th and 12th, at the CC camp in Stillwell, a bunch of people are getting together to talk about him at the Oklahoma Bigfoot Symposium. Here, researchers will give us the scoop on how to locate this elusive creature who leaves behind no digital footprint, just real footprints, and they'll show us how to cast those in plaster. Along with speakers and other experts, there will be a children's corner so that our young ones can learn about Bigfoot too. For more information, call 918-575-3139. Sounds cute. Is he seeing anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he sounds like a real it's, hip guy. Sounds like, sounds a, like a dreamboat. Yeah, total catch. His <laughs> name's Harry. <laughs> uh, he did briefly know the Hendersons. Uh, uh, that's how I... Uh, Carly, what's your event this week? Time travel is a tricky beast. Sure, it would be great to go back and right our historical wrongs, but you never know what could happen as a result. For instance, I would love to save the dinosaurs but I doubt that would lead to the Flintstones-esque utopia we all long for. For an anachronistic adventure that won't doom the human race to serve our hungry reptile overlords, check out the Grand Lake Renaissance Festival in Vanita. March 11th and 12th, the Craig County Fairgrounds and Community Center will be decked out with all the sights, sounds, and smells of 1540 Scotland. Well, a very clean version of 1540 yeah. Scotland. See craftsmen, fairies, gentlefolk, and probably a few Starfleet officers in full costume. <laughs> Purchase crystals, herbal tinctures, and other magical handmade wares for sale. Just try and resist the smell of freshly grilled meats. And you might even witness the procession of the Triple Crown Queens, Margaret Tudor, Marie de Guise, and Aideen as they take their thrones. And if you need more incentive, proceeds help support Second Chance Pet Rescue in Grove. 
Adult admission is $9 for one day or $15 for two. Visit williamsentertainment.org slash Grand Lake Renaissance Festival for more information. Oh, yes. The 1500s in Scotland when Mr. Spock re- <laughs> regularly read crystals with Mary, Queen of Scots. <laughs> it's oh, a fantasy. Over over a lunch of giant roasted turkey legs for some Straight reason. Straight out of the Straight out of the And funnel cakes. And funnel cakes. Uh, Nathan, what's your event this week? Oh, that's a good one. I'm excited about Okay, I know it's early March. I do actually know that. But this is the time of year when I start really itching for summer. I'm done with the weather. I'm done with the short days. And I'm done as I'll get out with winter time. I'm ready to spring the clocks forward. So I found myself thinking a lot lately about one of my very favorite summer events in Oklahoma, the Women's College World Series. Technically, it's a spring event, but it's summertime. Seriously, if you haven't been to the World Series at the USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium in OKC's Adventure District, you need to go. Doesn't matter if you don't know anything about softball. It doesn't matter if you're not a fan of the defending national champion OU Sooners. Go Sooners. Uh, doesn't matter if the names Patty Gasso, Grace Lyons, and T.R.A. Jennings don't yet fill your heart with joy the way they do mine and so many others. You're going to have the time of your life out there, so start planning now. Seriously, it really is one of the best events of the year. And one way to start planning is by brushing up on the game. The best way to do that is by going to see the OU softballers take on the Florida State Seminoles at 6 p.m. next Tuesday, March 14th at Merida Hines Field in Norman. The OU women are, as I read this, running a 13-1 record and undefeated at home, so this one promises to be a barn burner. Tickets are sold out via the normal routes, but there are plenty to be scooped up on StubHub. I know because I just bought some. So get your ticks, get your glove, and take off work just a little early to catch these national champions in action. Call 405-325-8200 for more info. That sounds like fun. It, it really is going to be fun. I'm excited. All right, Ben, what's your event? Does all gas, no brakes sound like your kind of lifestyle? When a Harley passes by, it's your first thought, hmm, not loud enough. Does city traffic drive you up a wall? If you answered yes to all the above, then I can think of one very magical place you need to be. Disney. No, not that mouse house in Florida. I'm talking about Disney, Oklahoma, home to the annual Big Meat Run, a three-day ATV and off-roading extravaganza located on the wet and rocky terrain of the Pensacola Dam near the South Grand Lake Recreation Area. Here you can watch fearless off-roaders literally drive up steep rocky walls as thousands cheer on in the ultimate test of extreme driving metal. If you heard Big Meat Run and were hoping for a succulent pork tenderloin or maybe some smoky rib tips, I regret to inform you that in this case, Big Meat refers to the thick tires of this rugged mud-slinging vehicles, although you should have no problem finding a tailgating barbecue somewhere on site. They'll be happy to share a plate and a cold beer if you ask nicely. The festivities begin Thursday with a welcome party at Mooney's Sunset Bar and Grill. Then on Friday and Saturday, watch the skilled drivers compete for thousands of dollars in prize money through various events. The best part is there's absolutely no charge to spectate the event. Consider bringing some mud boots and a few outfits you won't mind getting dirty because when those big tires start spinning at upwards to 90 miles an hour, uh, no one is leaving clean. Call 918-837-0079 or visit facebook.com slash bmradmin for more information. It's so pretty up there. That's going to be a fun event. That's going to be really fun. What about you, Greg? What you got? Well, first of all, I would like to say that Carly nearly gave me a heart attack when she started reading her event because it sounded so much. I was like, I was like, wait, did we both do this one? 
Uh, <clears throat> I don't think dinosaurs would like humans very much as friends. I think they would love us as food, uh, but they wouldn't like just want to hang out and vibe with us. So given the two options for meeting dinosaurs, one, hop in a time machine, crank up the flux capacitor, and dial millions of years ago into your DeLorean, or two, go to Jurassic Quest at the Oklahoma State Fairgrounds, I would wholly endorse the latter to the former. I have been given assurances that the dinosaurs eating guests at Jurassic Quest is mostly impossible. So it's a good chance to take the family and see paleontologist and archaeologists, archaeologists approved moving recreations of long extinct dinos, ride a not real T-Rex, uh, and even play with some baby dinosaurs. Bonus, while we generally try not to harm butterflies anyway, if you accidentally step on a monarch, chances are you will continue to exist. Jurassic Quest comes to the fairgrounds in Oklahoma City March 10th through the 12th. Tickets are $19 through $39, and you can take your tiny T-Rex arms over to JurassicQuest.com and click on Upcoming Events to find more info and reserve your tickets. That sounds like fun. We so love many, dinosaurs So many here. dinosaurs. We things. really do. This yeah. is, this is, welcome back to the Dinosaur Today. Uh, well, this, this, dinosaur Today. Dinosaur Today. Uh, and the sound of Ashton Kutcher wearily explaining the film The Butterfly Effect for the thousandth time means that this episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. But if you can't get enough, head to OklahomaToday.com and you can pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com and we'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today Magazine and Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Barra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> was that a dinosaur noise? Mm. Uh, little one. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. Uh, I mean, as far as we know. <laughs>